Hey guys, and welcome to this next episode of History in the House. Uh, we're going to be covering our Southern Unit vocab. Uh, the first word is plantation. Plantation is a massive, 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 massive farm, uh, usually bigger than maybe four or five times the size of a mile square park. And you would grow one singular product. Uh, for our unit, it would be cotton. Um, a lot of times it was tobacco. Um, so basically you're growing one product, but it's owned by a family, just a regular old family, usually a mom, dad, three kids, normal sized family. But those people could not conceivably pick all of these crops. And so they had to have slaves. And that's, uh, that was the labor. Those were the workers on a plantation were slaves. This is the reasoning behind uh, slavery being such a big deal in the South was because they just couldn't pick their crops with, you know, just three kids and a mom and a dad because um, their farms were so huge. So that's where sort of slavery came into the Americas was to, uh, in order to, to cultivate the, the crops on these plantations. Plantation usually had a, a huge mansion where the family would live and then outbuildings where the slaves would live, the slave quarters. And um, on that farm, there would be a person named an overseer. And this was the person that was in charge of keeping the slaves in check. Uh, sometimes it was a white guy, sometimes it was an actual slave. And uh, if it was a slave, a lot of times their payment, quote unquote, would be better food, a private room, better clothes. Uh, and in turn, they would whip and punish and keep in check the slaves on the plantation. Cotton gin. Uh, this was an, um, uh, an invention invented by Eli Whitney. It was like a box with a crank on it, and you'd feed cotton in one side. You would crank it, and as it was pulled through the box, it would yank the seeds out, out from the middle of the cotton, and you'd be left with clean cotton. This allowed uh, plantations to process cotton a lot faster, which meant that they could then turn around and grow more cotton and pick more cotton and sell more cotton and make more money. So in order to pick that more cotton, you needed more slaves. So in the long run, it made the job a little bit easier, but the cotton gin actually increased the need for even more slaves in the South. The American Industrial Revolution uh, was a time when the Northern economy specifically switched from people making individual products by hand, like a bed maker, table maker, silversmith making, you know, forks, knives, spoons, uh, to factories doing these things. And when a factory can do it, they can do it faster and cheaper, which meant that these products were a lot more affordable to the everyday American. So the Industrial Revolution was sort of the advent of industry or factories in the United States. Slave states are the opposite of free states. So slave states are the states in the South where slavery was legal. You could have your own slaves. The free states in the North uh, were the areas of the United States where slavery was illegal, uh, where you could not have slaves. So a slave state is any Southern state where slavery was legal. Interchangeable parts. Uh, these are these are things that can be used in different machines. If your machine broke, instead of having to go to the guy that made your machine and say, remake this one piece, you could go say, make me, hey, Mr. So-and-so down the street, I need a number five cog 
or a number four gear and it would work. Uh, it's sort of like your lightning adapter on your phone. Uh, you, you can plug it into your iPhone and it'll charge. You can plug it into your friend's iPhone and it can charge. That's an interchangeable part. Uh, it makes things easier. You don't have to go home and get your specific charger to charge your specific phone. Slave spirituals. Uh, in addition to being religious in a way that slaves learned and pra practiced religion, they also explained the history of being a slave. Because slaves weren't allowed to read or write, so they would pass on their family histories through song. Um, and so a slave spiritual is a is a usually Christian-tinged songs, um, but with um, the stories of what it was like to be a slave interwoven uh, into them. Slave codes. These are basically laws. When you think of codes, think laws. Don't think of like something secret. Uh, these are laws that kept slaves in check in the South. It restricted certain behaviors and certain rights of slaves. And if those rights were broken, um, then pretty much the slaves were punished by death. Um, and they would do it so other slaves would see, if you do this, this is what's going to happen. So these are laws that kept slaves in check in the South. Slave codes. And the last two are abolitionists and freedom fighters, Nat Turner and Denmark Vesey. Uh, Nat Turner was an escaped uh, slave who led a two-day rebellion of slaves and free blacks in Virginia. Um, he, the rebellion caused the death of uh, about 60 white people, and eventually a white militia came and put the rebellion down. And that was the end of Nat Turner's rebellion. And lastly, we'll meet Denmark Vesey in a movie we're going to watch pretty soon. Uh, this was a preacher, uh, an ex-slave, a free man actually at the time, um, that secretly gathered information and got people on his side to eventually rise up and revolt. Um, but the revolt never actually happened because um, he was accused and convicted of being a ringleader in this uprising and he was therefore executed so the revolt did not happen um because the white people actually heard about it beforehand to a degree where they executed him so thank you for listening to this episode of history in the house that is your southern vocab definitions and explanations and we will see you next time